Hey, before we get started, can we pray? Go for it. I love that. Um, yeah, I'll pray. Yeah, God, I just, uh, Lord, I, I don't even know exactly uh, to 100% like the, uh, you know, clearly what the whole, what this all is, God, but I, I am excited and I, uh, I'm excited for people to, uh, for there to be a, a, just more of people getting to know each other in Christ City and, and I'm, I don't know exactly what you'd have for this time, Lord, but we, we, we just consecrate it to you, Lord. We're surrendered to you, Lord, and we just trust that, uh, uh, that as we uh, just ask and invite your um, your spirit to lead and direct and guide and fill uh, this time, that your kingdom will come um, even beyond this time, Lord. I thank you that uh, whatever um, is happening right now has ramifications ramifications um, and beyond this moment. And so uh, I just ask that your spirit would, um, well, yeah, would just manifest whatever's supposed to happen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey there, Christ City Church. Welcome back to the Christ City Cast, where every couple of weeks, we're sitting down with someone from our faith family to share stories about life, faith, and everyday gospel ministry. On this episode, Christine and I sat down with Kyler to talk a bit about his work and ministry in Vickery Meadows and some new projects he is helping with here at Christ City Church. We hope you enjoy the conversation. We're here with Kyler, which I think everyone in our church knows you because you're probably the most social person I've ever met. What? <laughs> so cool. I really love how you will just talk to anyone who shows up at the oh, gathering. God, and yeah. because I just see that as such a gift because I have such a hard time doing that. And I'm always thankful because I'm like, oh, I see people. I'm like, someone should talk to them. I was like, ah, Kyler's got it. Because oh, <laughs> really? cool. you were yeah. the first person that Thank talked you. to us, to Sam and I, when we Aww. came. And so, and then we like went out to dinner with you and some other people the very first time so i really appreciate about that you well that thank about you, you for saying that i appreciate <laughs> that that's awesome okay well so yeah i guess people know me honestly i don't this just to be honest i don't really feel like i know people at christ city as well as i would like to and like i mean i i mean i can't even think of a lot of people's names going here i, I know them and I've, I've known them for years but i really haven't spent a lot of time there's a couple people at christ city that i've spent you know Chaz and I will go skateboard and talk philosophy, but like uh, Jeremy, I've, I've known, you know, a lot of people that I did know better have left. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the people that are here now, um, they're people that I, 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 I feel like I kind of know, but I, I don't think that they, I don't think that they really have ever heard my story or mm-hmm. and I don't really feel like I know their story. And every time that I interact with them enough to kind of get to know them, any of them, any of us, our body a little bit better, I'm always surprised at how, how special everybody here really is, and it's always it's always a blessing. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that you feel like I'm the most well-known person at the church. Or I don't know if I was, but very very social, good at meeting people. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I mean, but that fair. is true. Like this is a cool opportunity where we can hear individual people's story. Yeah, you know. So then we can kind of all listen together, and then now when we see each other in person, we'd be like, "Hey, I heard you on the podcast." I like so, that. So <laughs> yeah, so Kyler, before you were meeting everyone new at Christ City Church on Sundays, mm. where were you born? Where you from? How'd you end up in Dallas? Wow, yeah. Um, so I uh, was born and raised outside of city limit, outside of the city limits in Midland County. Um, so it was, it was it was very much out in the country. So I say Midland. 
but really it was out in the country. People were literally riding horses to my school sometimes just because, not because they didn't have a vehicle, but just that was, that was fun for them. So I don't look like it, but I am, and I don't sound like it, but I actually am from the country and, uh, I got out of there as fast as I could. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of keep it concise. I, I, I got to Dallas and, uh, and I did my undergrad at Dallas Baptist university and, um, yeah, what were your questions? Where, how did I, where, where was I from? Where was I born? Yeah, and how did you end up in Dallas, which you kind of answered that. Yeah, where are you living yeah. at now? I live in Vickery Meadows, okay. uh, which is northeast Dallas. Um, kinda, yeah, you, yeah, you might say a little bit about what is Vickery. Like, okay, what's the Vickery Meadows. Vickery? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. So, um, well, Vickery Meadows is a, about, it's roughly a two and a half square mile area uh, north of the village apartments. North, north of Loop 12, kind of Park Lane, really close to Top Golf, um, on the just you know east of uh, Greenville. Um, so past North Park, you keep going east on Park Lane, towards Top Golf, and uh, it's 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 the most densely populated uh, area in all of Dallas. There's more people there than the entire city of Allen. Um, yeah, there is uh, over 40 different nationalities that are represented. Um, we're they're still in the process of doing language surveys, and uh, but there's estimated like potentially at any given time up to like if not more than a hundred dialects spoken in that area. And so a lot of the people there are uh, not only just refugees, but specifically considered um, unreached people groups. And so yeah. they're coming from places that uh, where they still in that in their home countries, there would literally would not be a uh, opportunity for a lot of them to. Uh, have access to the gospel because less than, and often much less than, um, 2% of their people group has uh, any sort of evangelical presence. And so they, um, even if they wanted to find somebody, uh, it's such a, such a small amount that it, it kind of makes finding uh, uh, the gospel really difficult, even if they were for some reason looking for it, um, versus most of the world, that's not really a problem. And it's just ethnolinguistic barriers kind of keep that from happening. So, yeah. How long have you lived in Vickery? Uh, over 10 years now. I guess I moved in 2011. Um, yeah. Uh, started getting engaged there in 2009 or 2010, I think. 2010. Yeah. Yeah. And so some of the church may not know this, but um, just recently you kind of stepped into a new role. Yeah. Um, at Christ City, uh, kind of paraministerially. Sure, alone. yeah. I don't know if you want to tell us a little yeah, bit about so, that. Yeah, so hi, or... everybody. My name is Kyler Davis. <laughs> I've been going here since the very first uh, gathering, uh, very first Easter gathering they ever had here. The very first gathering Christ City kind of held, it was, it was on an Easter. I believe we went to Torchies that day afterwards. I, I remember, uh, I remember that, yeah. And, uh, and by, by the way, Kyler, that at that time, had no Fu Manchu. He wore a bow tie and suspenders and mm. khaki slack pants and was like to the nines mm-hmm. dressed up. That's awesome. <laughs> and I rode my bicycle there. That's right. Like wow. an b- old timey bicycle with like a basket uh-huh. on the front. Because <laughs> I had just come back from Nepal and I didn't have a car yet. Yeah. And uh, I didn't realize how bad the roads were. And uh, I'd been used to just walking everywhere that I was for so long that... It's the least walkable and, city. And for those that don't know, that bike ride wouldn't have been like from... 
from Park Lane to M Streets. That was a little bit different bike ride. Back oh then. yeah, 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 yeah. That was a different location and like funny roads and stuff. Yeah, so. I don't remember where mm. we were at. But anyways, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well. What a great picture, though. Yeah, Got yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> funny. Yeah, it was just it was just so crazy that I ended up walking in the first time. So I here's how I got in, involved in Christ City was well, first off, hi, my name's Kyler. I'm the new associate minister slash missionary to Vickery Meadows here at Christ City, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of how I would. Uh, frame what my role is at this point. So uh, yeah, the way that I got here um, that day was I had was uh, really close friends with a guy named Matt Elkins, uh, who was the former missions pastor at the Village Church. And so he and I had been tight for a while and uh, he was um, leaving uh, the village to help plant Christ City. He was going to come on as an elder and uh, he, he thought it was a good model to um, try to uh, practice prior to going to abroad to Japan and really encouraged me to um, yeah get involved. And so I've, it's been a blessing, man, getting to kind of see Christ City from, uh, again, not day, not day one, like a, initial formation stage, mm-hmm. but the first technical mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. gathering that, that, that they did was, cool. was really good. It's been cool. How did you end up in Vickery? Was there a yeah. specific reason you wanted to live there? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my first uh, uh, experience with Vickery Meadows started off because I was uh, going to the village, uh, the Dallas campus, and they have a uh, prayer room that I would pray in every Sunday during the the first service of that day, and then I would attend the second service. And in the prayer room, there was a... a a, a girl that now I'm really good friends with to this day, which she, she's been one of my closest friends for the past 10 years. Her name is Jennifer Sutton. I met Jennifer Sutton at the, uh, the, the prayer room in the village. And, uh, so we, we were, get, we had gotten to know each other. We were kind of buds, just but people, you know, people praying and stuff. Uh, and I had, I was, it was me and this Chinese guy, uh, that I, that I was bringing to the village at the time, super sweet guy in the Lord. And, uh, she, Jen asked us if she, if we wanted to come back to her place after church because it was the um, it was like the international uh, pray for the persecuted church day, mm-hmm. and so we were like, yeah, for sure, we'll come pray for the persecuted church with you today for sure. We go and she's like, cool. I live in this kind of it's a weird area. It's called Vickery Meadows. It's where they relocate refugees. I was like, oh, I've heard of that. It sounds really cool. And I go there, and I have a picture of of. Uh, Jen and me and um, and my Chinese friend, we were all wearing this black t-shirt that says like this church illegal in you know 13 countries or whatever and uh hmm. Jen had like given us like tea like you know Turkish tea and like mm-hmm. just kind of that's just her style is like you know kind of practicing like more like traditionally like Muslim style hospitality and stuff and mm-hmm. um yeah but I remember distinctly uh pulling into the Ivy apartment complex that's where Jen lived at the time there was a baby that was naked uh, and it was holding itself up. It was standing on the side, like holding itself up on like a, like a, a rack of ribs of like beef ribs or something. And I was just thinking like, what's going on? And there was like, every, there's the nasty people like in this traditional garb and like then next door, they're drying some, uh, some kind of herbs on a, like a, a blanket on the balcony. And, uh, I'm noticing there are, uh, people from Nepal there that I'm saying I must stay to. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was like, wow, this is a really cool place. I am so happy that I've stumbled upon this. Mm-hmm. And shortly after that, I, uh, um, at the time, I, 
I, I, shortly after that, I ended up kind of falling into this position as president of uh, a student organization called Global Connect. And it was basically an organization that was uh, just kind of for, for people that were interested in missions, basically. It's kind of like a missions organization. And so uh, we, we used, we, we tried to utilize Vickery as, um, for lack of a better uh, analogy, sort of like the pool that we were throwing kids into to sort of teach them how to minister cross-culturally, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we would take buses of kids out to Vickery Meadows, and we would, and, and so most of the time, at that point, most of the outreach was looking like, um, you know, organized game days that we would host at the park. And we would interact with a lot of kids and stuff. And so those, those were really fun and went really good and stuff. And I went, ended up graduating uh, from DBU and uh, was really praying about like where I was going to get an apartment after that. And I was outside of town center apartments. And uh, for whatever reason, the Lord, uh, not always, but sometimes, I, I guess technically rarely, but not too infrequently, speaks to me through nature. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's like, like a a fox like walks up like six feet away from me and just sits down and just chills with me for like 30 minutes or like uh just something weird it's like okay like i feel like something's happened or like or like the sky starts to get like red and it's like what are you it's like i don't know i just feel like something Mm. auspicious is happening and i i i'm I'm wanting to make clear that this is uh official uh, christ city church doctrine you should always (laughs) all build your theology upon the weather for these signs Uh yeah so this is uh this is you should base your faith upon this no like so anyways i'm I'm out i'm looking for an apartment and it was just definitely like a top 10 god experience sort of things Mm -hmm. where the uh the sky just did this crazy overcast thing i'd never seen it happen before where like this storm was brewing but there was light shining through it and I, I mean, I, I have pictures that I tried to take of it and they didn't, they don't do it justice because it had, it, I'd been praying for like 30 minutes or like five minutes probably. And, um, it just could cha- totally change. But yeah, I really felt like the Lord was saying, like, um, was really kind of leading me to, to get plugged in there. And so I, I, uh, that's why I, I moved in there initially. And then, um, shortly after that, I ended up, uh, going abroad to Nepal and, uh, came back to go to seminary and, uh, with the... At that time, my plan was to be in Nepal indefinitely. I was just taking what was intended to be a, a, a short uh, sabbatical from church planning to uh, do my master's degree. And uh, so I moved into Vickery Meadows. And uh, four years into my master's degree, my school uh, ran out of money and dissolved, mm. which I uh, didn't even know was a thing that could happen, but it did. And uh, yeah, I uh, needed to get a job. And so I worked for... Uh, the next four years in the horticulture industry uh, before swapping over this January to full-time vocational ministry with Christ City. So Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, why don't you just, just tell us a little bit about, like, you know, kind of what you're doing in Vickery right now. Yeah. Maybe some of the, the paraministries that you're a part of out there, the work that you're doing. Uh, I, I don't know how much people really know about, you know, what you're what is occupying your time in Vickery Meadows these days and the, the work that the Lord's doing over there through you? Awesome. Um, well, that's a great question. Uh, there's several um, components to that. Uh, so just to give like a little bit of context um, to understand like what I'm doing now, you kind of have to understand what I've, what I've been doing for the past 10 years there. So um, my fir- I mentioned like, you know, doing outreaches and stuff like that. Uh, after I graduated, we, we continued some of those for a little bit, but it was like students would still come 
with to, to Vickery and I would still like um, meet up with different people, but it was less organized, more organic, more with like people that I had been neighbors that I had been developing relationships with. And then uh, when I came back, uh, that was that was even more true. Um, when I came back from Nepal, almost those four years I was in seminary, m- most of my uh, relationships were geared towards uh, just being a friend to um, my neighbors and and helping them uh, to develop uh, to. to to, to gain mobility, social mobility, like that's the that's the kind of the d- d- dynamic that comes with um, entering into a new uh, country uh, is where you had more social, potentially had more social mobility um, because you had skills that were relevant and now they're they're not relevant and, and um, you are intelligent and hardworking but you don't necessarily know how to navigate uh, the intricacies of this new place and so just having a friend uh, that's willing to like okay like yeah like here's how we let me let me help you navigate the AT&T phone bill call on call like yeah like press this button this button and, and stuff and um, just all those basic things um, and all the other thing that happened uh, the, the the really the main thing though at that time was uh, Danny Domingo and I started a uh, started to pray together um, at my apartment we started a we just called it Thursday uh, Vickery prayer every Thursday and. Uh, that was God really used that. Um, it got too big for my apartment, and then uh, we moved it to Jennifer Sutton's apartment, and uh, Jennifer from the earlier story, and uh, who was also living in town center at the time. And so, yeah, we uh, what the, the way the Lord used that was uh, prior. To, I think in, in some ways prior to that, there's there there had been a lot of people ministering and engaged in victory, but there wasn't a lot of uh, working together amongst organizations and kind of laborers and stuff. And what 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 I experienced was that the this prayer um, that we were getting to engage in, which was not a single church, it was literally like seven to ten plus churches uh, with people from different countries and not so not only denominations but like uh, ages and um, <laughs> you know it was just it was really diverse. It was creating a community um, and it was facilitating um, partnerships and. Uh, it was leading to a lot of fruit, uh, not simply because we were praying for, for things and God was answering the prayers. It was sort of a uh, answer to prayers in and of itself. And so a lot of good came from that, uh, so much so that I, I think that was part of, the, part of the reason that we were even able to start a, a Vickery GC at Christ City. Um, so, a, a, you know, close to four years into that prayer happening, there was at roughly the same time, it kind of split into, it went from a, a prayer group to basically being three and a half um, church small groups, three and a half different church small groups, Antioch, Christ City, uh, The Village, and, and maybe Northwest Bible as well. Um, though less so Northwest, I don't want to take credit for that. There was a small group that in Victory was doing Northwest and just a couple people, but um, yeah. And so at, at roughly that time, I ended up uh, getting um, this job. And so it, it didn't really, it didn't really, work schedule wise and just people were kind of going different directions. And so that kind of, that kind of had ran ran its course. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I really was focused on, um, uh, you know, new job and, you know, just kind of being a neighbor and stuff at, at that point. But, uh, I'd say about two years ago, uh, I really started, I really got convicted to try to just get as plugged in as I could. 
to, um, and there's, there's more, way more of the story than I'm, I'm, I'm giving right now, but like just my own personal life story and, and struggles and stuff of like, uh, there was a solid, I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll keep it brief. There was a, the, the four years of, the, for me in seminary, and it had nothing to do with the fact that I was in seminary. It was just the timing of God's uh, providence in my life. I really didn't feel like uh, my whole world had kind of gotten up, turned upside down right as soon as I came back from Nepal. Didn't feel like I could connect to God um, like I had been able to for roughly 10 years prior to that. Um, and it was, li- I literally, in spite of my, you know, just continuing to uh, uh, show up, you know, uh, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I, I just couldn't connect with him. that to say I'm at, at the end of those six years this is two years ago now it was like finally and by God's grace uh, I was like okay I'm like a whole person again I have no idea if I'm ever going to reach uh, these you know those distant shores that I had planned on I don't know if I'm ever gonna get back to Nepal I don't know if I'm ever gonna I don't know what God's gonna do all I know is that I'm alive and I'm gonna do everything in my power to do as much as I can where I'm at right now, and at the time that was Vickery Meadows. And so I started to use whatever free time that I had um, to get as to get as reconnected into Vickery as I could. And so uh, that was, the Lord was really started to use that. And then about, uh, I guess, June of last year, I had a, an, another strange experience that happened where I really felt like the Lord um, was leading me to, pers- to begin to pursue him for a house of prayer in Vickery Meadows. And I didn't really know what that meant, but that was like a top five uh, God experience in my life uh, sort of moment. And it was scary. And I took it really seriously. And I, and I, and I, again, I didn't know, I didn't know what to, to expect. I didn't, I wasn't expecting that it was going to even lead to anything or that if it did, what my involvement with that would be. But I, I decided I'm going to start to fast. Um, from breakfast and from lunch um, for the next three months and so that I can pray for a house of prayer. And very quickly into my beginning to do that, uh, the Lord began to do a lot of work in me and a lot of work around me and and things started to uh, come together in ways that made it very clear that he did indeed have a plan to do something special in Vickery Meadows and it, it began to make sense that there was going to need to be a lot of prayer uh, to facilitate what he was desiring. And again, I'm not pretending that I, I know what that is, but I, um, to make, the, I guess, the, the short of it, like just to, in, in, in layman's terms, I, I actually think um, that the Lord desires for there to be, um, in some sense of the word, revival mm-hmm. in Vickery Meadows. And uh, I, I really do, I believe, and, I, and I've, in my entire life, I've never said that about anything. There's a lot of people that say stuff like, oh, like talk about revival and stuff, and I've never been about that. I never, I've never claimed that I thought that was gonna happen in any place. Um, but I, at this point in my life, I actually suspect that um, that's something that God desires and is beginning to facilitate uh, in Victory Meadows. I don't know when it's gonna take place. I don't know what it's gonna look like, 
and uh, I think honestly, I suspect honestly suspect that a lot of it is contingent on um, the willingness of uh, the laborers there to to participate in what he's uh, doing. And so I at that time began to, uh, as the Spirit was lead, it would lead me, um, uh, begin to connect with the different organizations and uh, ministries that were happening there, and and my friends that had been laboring there for ten plus years and begin to encourage them, guys, I think God's trying to do something, and I just want to encourage you to, um, that I'm taking this really seriously. I think God's really trying to do something. I think that we need to start to um, avoid sin uh, a little more than normal. I think we need to um, start to pursue holiness a little bit more than normal. I think that God's going to um, facilitate a harvest that uh, we need to be ready for. And... um, I, I don't know what it's going to look like or when it's going to happen or what, but if I, I just, I really want to encourage you to make ready the sails of, of your hearts because I think that the Spirit's going to move at some point. And when the wind starts to blow, I, we need to have our sails up, you know? And uh, uh, so, yeah, I started to, uh, to realize I really think there's like a, a, a red moon rising is what I would, as how I've been referring to it, uh, like the there's a book, uh, 24-7 prayer movement called Red Moon Rising. It's, it's the ideas from the, the harvest moon, um, that red harvest moon in, in the Bible. It talks about it. And um, obviously the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Um, so, yeah, I, I really think God's doing something. And, and uh, again, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, but one of the, the, the main things that I'm doing in Vickery Meadows at this point, amongst others, and I can talk about the others, but the, the main thing is um, I'm trying to uh, slowly— uh, and develop uh, a house of prayer, an actual house of prayer in Vickery Meadows. And what I mean by house of prayer is it's not something too crazy. Um, it's, it, it, I, I don't expect it to be a 24-7 uh, prayer uh, house, but um, I do, th- I do th- believe that God desires for there to be a centralized location for, for the nations that he's gathered there to be able to encounter him through uh, prayer, and specifically prayer with worship. Uh, and uh, there's something about that you know, obviously, the, the the Lord's prayer. You know, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. The the the, the we're read, reading Revelation right now. I mean, the the clearest image that we get in the Bible of what heaven looks like is the the living creatures and the elders around the throne crying, "Holy, holy, holy!" and and they they come with the the harp and the bowl. And the harp is the worship of the saints. The the bowl is the prayers of the saints. And and there's something special about that uh, the marriage of worship and prayer um, that is uh, eschatologically relevant. Uh, and I say eschatologically relevant because I believe that not only, because I believe it's tied to missions. I think there's an intricate, an in, very intricate um, uh, uh, waft and woof, I think is what Sinclair Ferguson would always say in class, uh, between prayer and worship and missions. I mean, I think that's, I think that's why um, the scripture that, like, uh, I guess it was Isaiah, it says, like, in and, and my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Mm-hmm. Um, that house, the tabernacle, the place that David had uh, hired 288 professional singers and 4,000 musicians, skilled musicians, to worship night and day, um, 365 days of the year, uh, that was intended to be a actual... Uh, uh, witness to the the nations was was to be called a house of prayer, 
Uh, and so I think that, yeah, there's just something uh, kind of unique about that. So more than anything, I, I believe that, um, that, that, that the Lord is, uh, desires for there to be a, a place for the nations to meet uh, with Jesus uh, through uh, prayer and worship in Victory Meadows that will serve as a prophetic witness to the worth of Jesus Christ. Uh, and what I mean by that is that just there's something, um, it's not, I mean, when I hear stories about like that, this, this David's spirit of developing the tabernacle, uh, of, 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 of getting, he, it was relevant to him to have this many people that were actually seeking the Lord, um, ministering to God, not just asking him of stuff, but literally singing praise and worship to him. Laying down adoration to the Lord, I I don't think that's the what normal church life should look like for the the entire church body universally. But I do think that as the church universal, there there is supposed to be some expression uh, of people that are taking that task kind of seriously. And so I think that's kind of uh, you know a, a unique allocation that he's kind of given to 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 to, to what's happening here a little bit. And I also think that there's a degree of um, missiological relevance uh, in that there's I didn't even know this at the time but what I've what I've found out recently is that there's a there's a an, there is a paradigm shift that's happening in missions right now whereas in, in organizations instead of and, and this has come through like the re- revivals that have been happening in the Middle East recently instead of sending laborers to mission like traditional missionaries to countries that will they'll, they'll spend two years learning the language and then they're going to uh, hopefully try to find a role in society that integrates them enough that they can kind of, over time, develop relationships. And then, you know, through that, hopefully develop the kind of, they, they listen enough that they can earn the right to be heard and somehow convince somebody to completely shift their philosophical framework and worldview um, so they'll be saved. Instead of that, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, it's just... The slow and grow model. <laughs> yeah, slow and grow. And that's, that's, and that's normal. And that's yeah. good. Um, and that I, I've, I've done that. I've, I've, I've church planted like that. I believe in that. Instead of that, now some a lot of organizations are starting to send musicians and prayer warriors and worship leaders to cultivate spaces in foreign context for people who have no context of Christianity to encounter the presence of the Lord directly. And in doing the, so, the yeah. praise and raise model. The praise and raise, baby. <laughs> I was like, is there, is there a name for this model? <laughs> yeah, yeah like, man. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> so yeah, man. I think that there's. I think that there. And I mean, like, as I started realizing this, it's like, oh man, like, yeah, it's it's in Vickery Meadows. This makes mm-hmm. sense, and and I see it. And I, I mean, there's we have Muslims that'll just come in with their little prayer beads on Monday nights and start praying. And it's like, I don't know if they don't want us here, if they're just wanting to say hi. I don't like, but it's. It's attractive. No other religion does this. No other religion, I mean, the, the, the mosque right next door, uh, you know, God bless them, they're going and praying and it's beautiful, but it's not the same, that's, that's almost obligatory. Nobody's making us come and, and, and praise the Lord. Nobody's, nobody's making us do this. This is like a fun thing that we do because he's worthy of it. And, and I think that they're, I think that it's just it's just there's a rightness and an appropriateness uh, to to seek in his face in prayer. So I'll I'll digress. That's a lot of talking about mm-hmm. 
about Kyler's visions and dreams for something that I don't really have uh, a lot to show for in terms of like what it looks like right now. We're starting off very small and it's, it's probably gonna take a long time, but uh, I will say, I, I can tell you story after story after story after story of how God's made it. It's just confirming over and over again, he's doing something and making things work together uh, to facilitate what I, what I believe is, is, is we hopefully will be in a revival in Victory Meadows. So, and I would love to invite Christ City to be as much of a part of that as they would like to be. about as you were talking as you were just like sharing kind of your journey as well so like coming from Nepal back to Texas Mm -hmm. and what it sounded like maybe like you know being on a mission field and then being back in Texas and maybe having like a loss of that like you know what is it what have you learned of like what it's like to live missionally when you're like in school working like doing you know now you're in vocational work but you had all those years where you weren't yes and like kind of struggling through that and like how how does that look what have you learned what has God shown God shown you through that thank you for asking that's a great question so I mean you kind of touched on the the trauma uh, of like re-entry is what we call it or like reverse culture shock and stuff that was hard to an extent I mean by God's grace I had Vickery Meadows uh, which doesn't look like the rest of America if I lived anywhere else I would have gotten it. I don't know how I would have made it. Um, mm. I got, I was able, I, for the past 10 years, I've been able to see little kids playing outside every single day. I don't know anywhere else in America where you see kids playing. It's like every other country I've ever been to, there's children except for America. It's like they're <laughs> hidden unless there's COVID and then maybe you find out they start coming out of the woodworks. But um, yeah, I mean, if there's just parts of being in Vickery that made that a lot easier for mm. me. Um, in terms of uh, the struggle of, of working full time and like, how do I live my life for Jesus while I'm just working this job? Uh, that was that was not always easy. Um, I've I I had I, I guess I'll start with saying I had never actually. It took me a long time to uh, of my of, of Jesus being my Lord for me to actually um, kind of accept that He had called me towards a uh, it at least at certain seasons, a more uh, like traditional ministry sort of role. I had always expected that I would just live, I would be a normal dude that was following Jesus. Like, and as a kid, people would always say like, wow, so do you think that God's calling you to ministry? And it's like, in my mind as a, as a, you know, a teenager, I just thought I'm a Christian. Of course, I'm called to ministry. Like, what are you talking about? And they're like, no, you know what I mean. Like, you know, like, you're, you're ministry. Like, ministry. Are you gonna call you called to ministry? And 
I, uh, I always had a hard time with what I felt like was a, a problematic dichotomy um, in how to think about that. And, and so prior to the, the, the job, this last job that I had, I had um, different jobs where I was able to work, uh, where I was able to, I feel like I was, I was, the Lord gave me a sense of like skillfulness and like ease at ministering with my, to my coworkers and things like that. I worked in anthropology which was awesome. I was like the only straight dude there. And uh, those girls didn't have a lot of interactions with like a guy that just wanted to be like a healthy male in their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the Lord totally used that. It was sweet, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I, lots of different things that I've done in the past where that hasn't been hard. I, I had a harder time at the last job. And I, I was, it was, it took so much out of me that I didn't feel like I, just to get the, the responsibilities of the job done, I didn't really feel like I had very much that I could do. Mm. Um, aside from that, or like, or like, yeah, I just I just didn't feel like like ministering to my coworkers really was, it, I didn't really feel like I had a lot of that. It happened a little bit. I would, I would pray for them and I got, I got to share the gospel a little bit. But for the most part, that was not really a thing that was, I knew, I, I knew that wasn't gonna be a thing that was gonna happen. And I prayed for them though. And so that was one thing that I, I was able to do. I don't know how many, many other people would be in those are praying for uh, some of the people that I was working with were it not for me and the other believers that that I was working with. I don't know how many people uh, around them outside of our our company were actually would actually be praying for them. And so that's something I would never want to discredit is the opportunity for people to be praying for whoever's around you, whether that's people on the bus or um, yeah, whatever, like pleading the blood of Jesus over wherever you're going, I think is important. Um, but yeah, I, again, it was kind of nice because living in Vickery, there's just so many opportunities. Um, so it, for me, it was hard uh, to, there, there, I definitely struggled with like, man, like what's, what's my, what am I doing with my life? Like, you know, and at the same time, trusting that this really is where the Lord had me. I, I really, really was confident that that's where I was supposed to be. And um, yeah, it was okay. That's great. Well, Kyler, thank you for just, yeah, sharing a little bit about your heart for Vickery, but more just for the Lord's work and people that are kind of displaced and dislocated. And, um, you know, as as uh, Christine even mentioned at the top, like, that is kind of your heart. You're always trying to find the person that's alone or by themselves or needs to be welcomed. And so we're just so grateful for that aspect of God that you bring to Christ City, um, it's always a pleasure to get down, to sit down and talk with you. Um, we just pray, you know, the Lord's blessing on your work there in Vickery, and uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Kyler for sitting down and sharing some of his story. If you want to get plugged into his work in Vickery Meadows, I'm sure he would love for you to reach out to him directly. Or you can join him every Monday morning and evening for Vickery Prayer and Adoration Nights. You can find details at www.christcity.life adoration. Thanks again to Young Oceans, who graciously provided all the music for this episode. And as always, please let us know if you would like to share some of your story on a future episode. We'll see you again in a few weeks when we sit down with Dana H. to talk gospel, law, and wait for it, motherhood. See you then. Thanks. Thanks.